C.S. Lewis once said, Of all the tyrannies, a tyranny sincerely exercised for the good of its victims may be the most oppressive. It may be better to live under robber barons than under the omnipotent moral busybodies. The robber baron's cruelty may sometimes sleep. His cupidity may at times be satiated. But those torment us for our own goodwill torment us without end, for they do so with the approval of their own conscience. Hello. Welcome to Everyday Marksman, the podcast where we talk about tactical skills for an adventurous life. I am your host, Matt Robertson. You can find today's show notes at everydaymarksman.co forward slash 13. This episode is a little bit more off the cuff, and I'm a little bit more fired up than I usually am. To be honest, I didn't want to make this episode. In fact, I was trying to think of all the reasons in the world not to record this, but it needs to be said. Today, we are talking about gun control. The reason for this is the recent election here in the state of Virginia. I don't need to go into all the political hoopla about how things went down, but know that the state, which has historically been a conservative bastion and the founders of the revolution, has now gone full blue. And one of the very first acts is introduction of Senate Bill 16, which they will vote on in January. And Senate Bill 16, which I'll link to in the notes, is the most draconian gun control scheme I have ever seen in my life. And I have lived under California. I've been through New York. I have seen harsh schemes. They have every possible item in this bill. They've got assault weapons bans with a very broad definition of assault weapon. They've got your red flag laws. They're banning NFA items that have been legal here forever. And oh, by the way, the state police has a registry list of every NFA item owner and nothing is grandfathered. That's just a, that's just a selection. All right. Now, whether this is just them throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks or it's some kind of negotiation tactic to get the other side to talk them down off the ledge, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. The other side is showing us exactly what they want, where they want to go in the future. I've said it in the past, but the most frustrating words I've ever seen in this gun control debate have been, it's a start. Because every time someone mutters those words, it's as if the last hundred years of history don't exist. They don't know about every other law we've already got in the books, the story of how it was passed and the fights that went on. It always seems like they're starting over. And the thing is, it's working. And this tactic is spreading at a state-by-state level, which is why I need to record this episode. So I want to talk about why this is happening and what you can do about it. Well, I think it's time we ask ourselves if we still know the freedoms that were intended for us by the founding fathers. Not too long ago, two friends of mine were talking to a Cuban refugee, a businessman who had escaped from Castro. And in the midst of his story, one of my friends turned to the other and said, we don't know how lucky we are. And the Cuban stopped and said, how lucky you are. I had some place to escape to. And in that sentence, he told us the entire story. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. And this idea that government is beholden to the people, that it has no other source of power except the sovereign people, is still the newest and the most unique idea in all the long history of man's relation to man. This is the issue of this election. Whether we believe in our capacity for self-government or whether we abandon the American Revolution and confess that a little intellectual elite in a far distant capital can plan our lives for us better than we can plan them ourselves. 
You and I are told increasingly we have to choose between a left or right. Well, I'd like to suggest there is no such thing as a left or right. There's only an up or down. Man's old, old age dream, the ultimate in individual freedom consistent with law and order, or down to the ant heap of totalitarianism. And regardless of their sincerity, their humanitarian motives, those who would trade our freedom for security have embarked on this downward course. Now this clip comes from Reagan's 1964 speech where he stumped for Barry Goldwater. It's commonly known as a time for choosing, and it's one of my favorite political speeches of all time. Now, Reagan himself was no fan of firearms. And if you look at his history as a California governor, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But the thing is, is he hated communism more. His rhetoric should resonate just as strongly with you today as it did with his audience back then. And I like this particular clip because it talks about having nowhere else to go. One of the lines I see written on forums all the time is, move to a free state. Oh, the laws got bad. You better move to a free state. Hardy har. You know what? I've done it. A lot of us have done it, and it keeps following us. So why is this happening? I'm going to give you three reasons. Number one, it is politically popular. The NRA is against the ropes. All of the bad press they've gotten, everything going on with them is working against them. The other side feels emboldened. And because of that, the gun control groups are well-funded and they are going on the media attack. You've got print ads, you've got canvassers in neighborhoods, you've got music. They are all over the place. There is just no risk right now to any Democrat who wants to run on a gun control platform. In fact, it's almost expected if they want money from these groups. This is working because politically we become so divided that those who vote Democrat will do so regardless of the policies, whereas it used to be if you were a Democrat from a purple area, maybe a little right-leaning, then you didn't touch gun control. Well, now, now you have to, and you'll get rewarded for it. At the same time, gun owners like you and me have been impotent to do anything about it. We either comply with what our law is in place, or if we don't comply, we're secret about it they ban AR-15s tomorrow, maybe you don't turn it in, but you don't take it to the range anymore either. You're not found in public with it, and as far as anybody else is concerned, out of sight, out of mind, it doesn't exist. Instead, we all turn to grumbling on the internet about how we feel about it. Adding to that, gun ownership is now seen as the realm of old white men. And if you're listening to this, you're probably white and heterosexual, and you're probably between the ages of 27 and 40. You know what? Demographics like that is exactly the kind of person who has been vilified by the other side for years. And to them, taking away your guns equates to removing power from the villains. You are the bad guy now. And they are the heroes who are doing what they can to win. And on top of that, the actual population who thinks these things is really small. Most people are just ignorant. They've never seen a real gun outside of a police officer's hip or a movie. They've never held one, touched one, much less gone to the range, and especially not been trained in marksmanship fundamentals. They know nothing of shooting sports or shooting culture, and frankly, they aren't interested because they see it as not for them. They are operating under false pretenses. What they think is true versus what is actually true. 
you know, recently I saw some statistics that had me just scratching my head, but I understood. They did a survey where they took the total number of gun deaths per year and they asked people to guess what percentage of each category did those deaths fall into. So there were things like mass shootings and criminal activity and police shootings and self-defense. You know what happened is that when they showed this survey, people thought a full 25% of gun deaths per year were from mass shootings. The reality is it's actually less than 1%. It's 0.2%. And suicides, you and I know, are 60% of that number. They thought it was 30%. You can see the problem here. People don't know the truth. And they're operating on what seems like a really bad picture of how things are when it's just not true. Now, another part of this is that nobody involved in passing these laws is feeling the pain. The pain is all on you and me. Until those who vote for this kind of thing feel pressured to not do so, it's going to continue. You have to get mad and you have to fight. Think about it. When was the last time that anybody on our side of this issue protested outside the house of one of their representatives? The other side does this all the time. For any representative they disagree with, in fact, they network, they have Slack channels, they've got Facebook groups, they've got all kinds of communications networks to make sure the pressure keeps going, and we don't do it. Now this, this is Virginia. The state motto on the flag is Sic Semper Tyrannis. Thus, always to tyrants. This is the state of the American Revolution. We should be reminding those who think they are our betters of those three words every chance that we get. Until we do, they think nothing will come of this. Alexander Hamilton said a nation which can prefer disgrace to danger is prepared for a master and deserves one. Now let's set the record straight. There's no argument over the choice between peace and war, but there's only one guaranteed way you can have peace and you can have it in the next second, surrender. Admittedly, there's a risk in any course we follow other than this, but every lesson of history tells us that the greater risk lies in appeasement. Now don't get me wrong, I'm not advocating for violence or overthrow or anything like that, but I do wanna talk about what you should be doing. Now, whether you live in Virginia or not, you need to be prepared. The tactics that they are employing have been honed and perfected across the country in California, New York, Maryland, Washington. The goal at the state level is to turn people's ignorance against you. During this last election cycle, I cannot tell you how many people came knocking on our door to get us to vote for their cause du jour. And every one of them, of course, was talking about gun control and not one of them had real facts. But nobody could challenge them on it. The truth is, you can no longer afford to keep to yourself and be quiet. Keeping quiet and trusting the system is what got us here in the first place. Instead, you need to be actively recruiting and convincing others of our cause. And to be honest, statistics are no longer going to cut it. Nobody cares how many deaths per year are suicides versus gang-related versus self-defense. They are numbers, and people do not relate to numbers. What people do relate to is stories. Find and tell stories that resonate with the people you talk to. 
if they are mothers. Tell the story of other single moms who protected their family from an intruder at one o'clock in the morning with a firearm. If they're politically active, tell them stories of Hong Kong, Iran, and Chile, and Venezuela, where the people who are disarmed are under the boot of an oppressive government. You need to bring other people into the fold with shooting sports. You need to remove the veil of ignorance that surrounds shooting. It's not just for straight white dudes. Mass responsible firearms ownership benefits everybody. I don't care if it's left or right, gay or straight. It doesn't matter. A strong firearms culture is a culture of independence and liberty. Robert Heinlein and Starship Troopers said, Liberty is never unalienable. It must be redeemed regularly with the blood of patriots or it always vanishes. Of all the so-called natural human rights that has ever been invented, liberty is the least likely to be cheap and it is never free of cost. Now to wrap this up, I want to talk about symbols. Starting today, I'm advocating that we adopt a new symbol. This symbol will serve as our battle flag for the resistance. And I nominate the pine tree flag. If you've never seen it before, it's got a white background with a single pine tree in the middle and the words appeal to heaven across the top. It flew on Washington's cruisers during the revolution. And the words come from John Locke's second treatise, which serves as the foundation of our own Declaration of Independence. Where the body of people or any single man is deprived of their right or is under the excise of a power without right and have no appeal on earth, then they have a liberty to appeal to heaven. This quote is part of John Locke's justification for overthrowing King James II, an event known as the Glorious Revolution. Locke's appeal to heaven is not about prayer. It is about direct political action. And when the systems put in place to protect you and your rights have failed, then where else can you turn but a higher power? Now, I'm not here to scare you. I'm not here to advocate for revolution or violence. I'm advocating for action. You may not be interested in politics, but know that politics is interested in you. Thank you for listening. And I hope you carry the conversation on with me at the site, everydaymarksman.co forward slash 13 for this episode. Take care, and I'll see you next time. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. <laughs>